0: Welcome to the Links Podcast, a platform to amplify Latina voices, to validate their story, and engage the comunidad worldwide. I'm your host, Consuelo Crosby, and also creator of this content. If you would like to chat about what you've heard here today, then reach out to me through our website at thelinks.com. that's L-N-X-X, or through our Instagram profile at Lifelinks. I'd love to listen and engage in whatever you have to say. Hola, chicos. Welcome to a fresh episode of the Life Links podcast, where we amplify our first gen Latina voices to share our stories, expand the narrative, and express our love of our cultura. I'm your host, Consuelo Crosby, first gen Peruvian here in the San Francisco Bay Area bringing you thoughts and stories about the Latina journey and the power of embracing the culture from our ancestors to pass on to the next generations in strength. If we want our narrative to stay true, then we have to tell it in our own words, in our own time, out loud. Today we have two special guests on our show, Anna Gaona and Sandy Founders of Two Peacock Travel, a concierge travel company elevating life experiences of Latinas and women of color through luxurious and transformational travel. Seriously, this isn't your carnival cruise mentality. Anna and Sandy will share their first-gen experiences and how that led them to each other. These women are passionate about caring for our community, especially young Latinas who may not be able to afford travel, and women who have yet to live life on their terms. You will laugh and cry and ultimately shout out in celebration of the culture. Welcome, ladies. Hi. Hello, Anna. Good to have you here with us. And Sandy, so happy to Bye. have you here. Lovely. Anna. why don't you go ahead and jump in and tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure, I'd be happy to. So as you said, my name is Anna, and I am the eldest of three. I am first generation. Uh, my parents are immigrants. My father was from Oaxaca, Mexico, and my mother is from Córdoba, Spain. So I have a little bit of an interesting mix. Growing up, being the eldest, I was given a lot of responsibilities. I was always the one that was the leader of the pack. I was given that responsibility very early on. So from then on, once you gave it to me, you couldn't take it back. But I really thought that was just the order of siblings. High school, I started to really try to figure out, like, who am I? Because even though I lived in in the San Fernando Valley, I was on one side of the tracks, but I would go to school to the opposite side of the tracks where there were not people like me. And so in trying to find my identity, I went ahead and started to seek out where I fit because I never really took the, the Mexican food to school or the Spanish food to school. It was always the sandwiches and stuff. And at 18, I got married. I had a baby and I'm now a proud mother of three. I've been married for 33 years. I think I've lost track. Wow. And I have two grandchildren. Did my academics. I've done everything. But it's been a little bit of, you know, trying to find who I am as a first generation, as a leader of the family, as, you know, a wife wearing all these hats. Now, you know, I just finished my 26 plus years career in public service and I've recently retired and now enjoying life at a whole other level.
0: Wow, there's a lot of congratulations to go in there. That's a beautiful story. Yeah, really beautiful. Thank you. Oh, and Sandy, how about you? Tell us yours, your story. My
2: name is Sandy. I am from Los Angeles. I was born and raised in East Los Angeles, uh, particularly in Boyle Heights. I am the daughter of a Salvadoran immigrant and a Puerto Rican father, um, who was pretty much in Puerto Rico majority of his time. And then he emigrated to New York when he was young, um, right before he joined the military. So my mom came here with my grandmother. My grandmother was a pioneer of my family. She left El Salvador to look for work. Her plan was to make money and go back, just like a lot of Latinos think they're going to do. Mm -hmm. I come from a long line of feminist women. So my mom followed right after her. And my mom and my grandmother have been very clear that we are not here to assimilate. That's not our goal. We are here to make money. We're here to pursue the American dream. That doesn't mean we're going to lose who we are. So majority of Puerto Ricans, especially back in the 70s, lived in the East Coast. There was not a lot of Puerto Ricans. And um, in Los Angeles, I eat just like my father. But then my mom, my mom says that. And then people say, I grew up just like my mother. But my mother doesn't have this hair. <laughs> or this nose. So growing up in East Los Angeles, it was very hard. It was hard because no one looked like me. It was like 99.5% Mexican kids, Mm. Mexican first generation. And so they would look at me and say, what are you? And like, you know, body wise, hair wise, the whole thing. It, It was most definitely A learning uh, transition of being who I was at home. But when I went to school, I was what my friends were. So I'm honorary Mexican because, you know, I can get down (laughs) with some rancheras and eat some Mexican food. (laughs) But my friends coming to my home, you know, they were like, what? What are you eating? What are these things? Platamos? Like, what are you? And so that's where the education came in. People were like, "What? Well, you're not Mexican? I'm like, okay, no, I'm not Mexican. <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things that I just happened to be like the fish out of water. You know, it's been hard. I went mm-hmm. to college, and for the first time, I saw people who looked like me, and I was like, wait a minute. There's like some you know, some really extremely crazy hair here. Then I went to New York, and I told Anna I felt like, Oh, my God, I'm home. Everyone here looks like me. Like, oh, my God, we all have that. Where are you from look? You know, that's the, that's the lookout. <laughs> Where are you from, look at it. So um, it's been a road. It's been a road. All these things that I know
0: today, wow. I definitely should have known like way back then. But, you know, we're like late rumors in a way. So it seems that there were some components of assimilation and others that were definitely against it. Assimilation, most likely to keep you safe. Do you carry any cultural traditions forward to your children? You know, we had the
1: traditional Thanksgiving and the Christmas and the holidays, but we never really learned the assimilations of what our our family was from. And so, you know, when my mom would talk about Dia de los Reyes, I had no idea. It was, you know, sometimes we would do it, sometimes we didn't. Dia de los Muertos, I didn't, you know, really learn till I was in my 20s in
0: college. Wow.
1: But, you know, my parents did everything that they could to make sure that we spoke Spanish. So I am completely fluent in terms of having the conversation, uh, reading, and just fully understanding. And we would do a lot of novela watching. And I remember my dad would tell us, you know, you always have to speak Spanish. You can't mix the two. So, if he could hear us now, because I am fluent in Spanglish as well, um, you know, if he could hear us now, he'd be like, What are you doing? He would tell us that our Spanish had to be impeccable and he would have us watch Canal 34 and he wanted us to watch the Spanish anchor, the newscasters. I will forever hold them in my heart because it's how I thought, okay, this is how I have to present myself. You know, I've got to be this and I've got to speak perfect. But we had a really happy childhood in, in terms of just having our family unit together. We have never had a traditional Thanksgiving dinner. Ever.
2: 53 years. Never. My mom said, well, don't dare bring that dead, dry turkey to my house. So we have a very, very uh, traditional Salvadoran dish. Um, it's called panes con chumpe. And it's a turkey. It just happens to be our style. So... It's funny because when people meet me, they're like, You're you half solving? Yes. Are you guys making fun of children? Yes. Can you invite me to your house? I'm like, Oh, wow. I already have 30 people coming for sure. Come on along, you know? <laughs> My mom does not speak any English, has no interest in speaking mm-hmm. English. My grandmother's not with us anymore, but she doesn't speak English either. Having said that, I'm a single mom of an 18 year old. I only have one child, and he speaks Spanish. Not the best, but we're trying because of my mom. My mom mm-hmm. will not even pretend, Consuelo. She's like, you know,
0: say. I love it. That is a full story, and it relates so much over and over again to what we hear from our other guests on the podcast, the identity and especially when you're dropped into a location where you're the only one but you are not necessarily the only latina but you are the only one who's identifying with your heritage and even from other latinas they're like you don't belong you're mm-hmm. not a latina you're like well wait a minute yes, that's <laughs> so right. that is a common story so let's get into the both of you no longer being with your first career. And yet, isn't that where you met? Yes, that's exactly where we met. I always
1: love to tell a story because you're at the right place with the right time just when it happens. And you don't plan for, for friendships like this. I met Sandy right after my dad passed away. Hmm. And I was in a really dark place, as you can imagine. Hmm. They called me to interview for this position and I said to them, I don't have any background in this. There's no way. And it was going to be to a place that was huge. I couldn't even fathom the idea. But, you know, when you're not in the right mindset, you know, you kind of everything just seems to be no, no, no. But something just said, Anna, just go. Okay, I'll I'll go for fun. What do I got to lose? So I interview w- with somebody and they said, you need to meet this administrator. You need to meet with her because you need to have an idea of how the work is going to be. And I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. I'm not ready to take on the work. First of all, <laughs> did you offer it? And I see Sandy behind a desk. And so I sit down and we're chatting and she looks at me. She's like, you have no experience. I said, no, no, not nothing at this. She's like, okay. She goes, and are you going to go to school for this? I said, no. I said, I already got my... Bachelors in education. This Damer? I don't remember any of those. I'm just making sure. Just <laughs> she goes, if you think you're going to do this job, I need you to go take a terminology class. She knew exactly what I was walking into, but I had no idea. So ignorance is bliss, right? Well, little uh, did I know I was going to be working with doctors and clinicians and inner uh, nurses. That was not my cup of tea. The only experience I had was what I had done for my dad, advocated for him. Mm, right. So in full circle, it's like, Dad, really? After all this, this is where you send me? And now I find this woman that's telling me I have to go back to school because in my Boy. mind, I thought I finished.
0: Now, this was a medical scenario. This was City of Los Angeles trauma level one unit. So how was that for you?
1: So it was supposed to be like two weeks of shadowing and we were inseparable from day one. Aww. We had the most crazy incidents that happened to us in the first week. And I just would look at her like, how do you do this? How do you maintain, how do you talk to all these people? Because that's what our job was to talk to patients, talk to the clinicians, relay the messages, advocate for them. The only experience I had was from a personal side from my dad, so every patient was our family. And that's one thing that I admired from Sandy. She always made sure the patient was at the center. It's always been about serving publicly, and then from there we just started just doing all kinds of stuff. I'm much more the let me think about this, let me strategically think about how this is gonna go. I mean, strategically. What exactly are you talking about? I,
2: I don't understand <laughs> how about that term like. If it's not gonna kill us, we should just do it.
1: <laughs> Her motto is always go big or go home. Go big yeah. or go home.
2: One life. This is what we're doing here.
0: You are the yin and the yang together. Different personalities that are meant to be together as a whole. Fully functional independently, but wow, put you two together, and this is a whole different personality. My upbringing
1: was, I'm the leader, I have to make sure that everybody's taken care of, you know, no one's being Mm. harmed, and... So I always have to try to think about what people are thinking ahead of time so that I know what my next move is. Where Sandy's like, just just do it. Yeah. Okay. This it it's not going to kill anybody. No one's gotten hurt. From there, we've had <laughs> numerous adventures. Um, you know, Sandy's the one that has the thematic parties. Like we have done a royal oh. wedding. Don't tell that, we've done
2: Cinco de Mayo. I had a Cincuentañera. I didn't have a quinceanera, so we had a Cincuentañera,
1: so. <laughs> When I tell you she goes yep. bigger go home, we were wearing yep. quinceanera dresses. Oh, you want to a quinceañera? You should wear a dress. Oh. And so oh we all God. went and purchased it. So this is, you know, from <laughs> you here, you know. Hilarious. And then there are times where she looks at me and then she'll lean on me. So I lean on her for like, yeah. let's just do things. And then there are times where she's like, okay, voice of reason, come in and tell me, what should we, <laughs> how should we go about doing this? We're still going to do it, but how do we do it in a careful where no one's going to get hurt? Okay, so uh, it's like we're a good mix of each other, yeah. and you know, yeah. I uplift her; she uplifts me. That's how our friendship started.
0: Oh, that is a powerful thing. That it—that is, is true sisterhood. That yes. is the true sisterhood when you have someone who you trust so much that you can let go of that side of you that always has that little voice saying, "Oh no, yeah, no, no, no. yes." But then it's like, well, no, that little voice is like embodied in that beautiful woman over there. So. Let's just go. I mean,
1: (laughs) you know, our friendship developed to the point where, you know, to do what we were doing, we really had to find the ways to make things light because there were some heavy things. But so we would say we are emotional support to each other. And Ah. um, I always say, you know, she's like my garden angel. I think my dad sent her to me because it's like he Mm -hmm. knew I'm always very serious and very quiet and calm. But there is really the Latina in me Mm -hmm. who is... Loud and happy, and I want to live life right, but I'm always yeah. thinking, like, what, how is it going to be perceived? And then oh. I have Sandy who automatically she's like, girl, just, just do it. We were each other's support system. And one day, from one story that I, I'll tell real quick, we had a patient who brought in two chihuahuas as emotional support. I don't see a chihuahua's emotional. Support.
2: Put them through the extra machine. <laughs> yes, The probably have cancer now. They probably have cancer now.
1: Poor poor doggies. And then here we go. We go with her. We go to talk to the patient. We're like, you can't have animals in the, it's my emotional support. But after that, we kept saying, God, we're each other emotional support. And we saw an article of a woman. I don't know if you recall, it came out on the news too. There was a woman who boarded a plane with a peacock. And she said (laughs) that was her (laughs) emotional support animal. And we looked at each other. We're like, peacocks are pretty. We are each other peacocks, and so from oh. there we start. That's how we ended up with two peacocks.
0: Oh, which is the name of your new business? The name of our business. Yes, two peacocks travel. Yes. Oh, so the two emotional support women for each other. The two peacocks, stunning like now, colorful. <laughs> we're not even going to acknowledge that it's the male peacock. Well, whatever. Know, we're exactly. We learned that afterwards. We're like, it's okay. It's okay. We want to go out there with our full feathers.
2: It's an actual mistake. There's no way. I am who I am. I am as transparent as I, as I can come. I walk the talk. Walk the talk. This time. is me.
0: So you developed these skills from a very young age to figure things out on your own without any help because there really wasn't any help. You were the help. That's one thing Sandy and I are. We are very
1: resourceful. We may not know the answer, but we will figure it out. And, and that goes based on someone we know may know the answer, We will know how to get the answer. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest takeaway with my upbringing is that my parents, I don't know that they were intending to teach me, but it was yeah. very much, you're going to learn how to figure this out, you know? Yeah. Because if they came here from their country, they had to figure it out, right? But it got to a certain point. I had to take it the next step. So now I need my kids to take it to the next level
0: because
2: you can't show up with. Uh, can you make an appointment for me? And you make oh they say they don't have any appointments. And they're looking at you like okay. So when do they have appointments? No, like okay, let me go back. So you learn in the process that you're not going to come back with some answer that's not going to be acceptable, right? So you start developing yeah. this this ability and skill of having to say. I called, they have an appointment, so they made an appointment with this doctor, it doesn't be on this day, and I made sure your calendar was clear, ready to go, okay, so, you manage it all, but it's all been in training, right, all these years.
0: This training, we'll call it training, and I think even for every first gen that comes here now, whether you are 10 years old now, or already passed, that training is the life skills that will Always have you ready for leadership because that's not something that's learned in university and it's not something that's learned on the job, but it is those life skills that must make the both of you epically grand for having a travel company. (laughs) So let's talk about this travel company. We understand where the name came from, But what's the core? What's the idea? Why did you want to do a travel company? Like we said, we've always been in
1: public service wanting to give back to the community. I've always had a passion that those skill sets that you were talking about earlier, Mm -hmm. that you don't really learn this in class, you don't really learn them in work. It's kind of something that you're brought up with, right? Mm -hmm. If I knew then at 9, 10, 15, that there were skills that I was going to use and that they were going to be helpful in the future, I probably would have seen things very differently. Mm. So for me, the passion has been, how do I help the next generation learn faster? Let me show you that what you do now has value. When they tell you put a resume together, don't think that you don't have experience. You have experience. The babysitting that you've done the banking, the errands that you do for your parents. Those are all experiences. So when I think about that, it's like, how do I move forward to help these kids? So my
2: son did not get a chance to go on the senior trip. Well, called Anna, and I said, Anna, I know you have family in Spain. Is there any way I can ship my kid out there to Spain for a couple of weeks so he can have the experience? From that went from, well, maybe we should go. And that went from, or oh, maybe we should go for four weeks. And then it went from, maybe we should say six weeks. And so it just kind of, <laughs> you know, snowballed, right? I love to travel. Yeah. I'm always taking my kid yeah. traveling because I've always, uh, someone told me, don't give them gifts, give them memories. So when me and Anna started talking about this educational opportunity for my son, then it became
1: also something for her daughter. So in all this, I kept thinking and thinking, so I'm like, okay, Sandy, let's, let's send the kids and see what happens. We have the connection. My family's there. And so I have teachers and professors and classrooms available to us. Education doesn't just happen in a classroom. It happens in experiences. So what if we take them to other cities to explore? They still have their academic in a classroom, but how do we immerse them? And from there, one idea led to the other. We did Barcelona, we did Cordoba, we did Málaga, we did Madrid, and then we did Paris. But before getting to Paris, the kids had the opportunity to learn literally how to go to school on their own. And after they had their class, they actually volunteered at a summer camp for little ones where they were interacting and so it was more of a laid back. So they got a little bit of a history, like the background of the culture. Um, they got to speak it, you know, in a, in a professional environment. But then they got to really relax and enjoy with the little ones. We're like seeing the value. We're on to something here. How do we do this and how do we scale it? And so from that idea is we really want to give back to the next generation Sandy's a testament of how much of an impact her going to France as an exchange student had on her at 15. How can we give the same experience to other kids? We have the means to be able to do it. We have all the resources in the network. Now, how do we give back? We wanna sponsor kids and we wanna help them develop, but we also wanna travel. How do we do a win-win? And so Two Peacocks Travel came to life. Because while we're putting together these women groups um, to travel, and we have a very specific mission for that as well. But the core of it is that each trip will be able to donate to be able to sponsor um, young Latinas to have an opportunity to go to Europe and spend, you know, two, three weeks in school without it costing anything to the parent, wow. even the airfare. So it's full circle.
0: Wow. Wow, I just got goosebumps. No, wow. Oh my gosh, it's such a beautiful story. And it, I, you just feel the power coming from it and the excitement because of the experience from a lot, a lot of uh, first generation Latinas is the life without because it is such a survival yes. life. It is such a learn help your parents and family survive yes. figure out the culture and figure out how i'm going to get to school pay for school yeah. a job to start popping the forms out yeah there's no room for thinking that they can do anything else but survive yes and so this is amazing okay so have you done this have you taken a group yet so we have trips already planned um, mm-hmm. We have one for Spain in
1: December. Um, Ooh, that's we have, soon. Yeah, that's <laughs> soon. The beauty of this is that we get to create on our own terms. We're able to decide when, where. Um, the following trip up to Spain, we have Cuba in February.
2: You know, I have a great story. So when I went away to France, I was 14, going to be 15. And my mom had to pay for my airport that was the only thing they wanted us to um to pay for and so then i leave and i'm out there and i forget to call my mom to tell her i've arrived no cell phones no wi-fi no internet (gasps) it must have been like a week and a half later i get a letter from my mom that says i hope you're alive oh my gosh i haven't heard from you I was so freaking excited there that I forgot that I had a mother. And as a mother today, I would have freaking flown to France to go live for my child. I was like, right. hey, again, in 1987, right? Like, yeah. oh, my God, Liam Neeson was nowhere to be found at that time. So I called my mom. She was like, oh, I thought you were dead. I was like, oh, my God, she's an immigrant. Yeah. English-me- let alone English French, right? And mm-hmm. she let me go, some strangers in a program to a foreign country across the world, and she had no idea where I was.:
0: What a blessing.
1: But you know what I find funny is that I wasn't allowed to do something like that, right? That was unheard of. But my sister, she got to spend Spain, and, and yes, she was going with family, but she got went out there for three, four, f- almost five months. Yeah. and it was okay. I'm like, wait a
0: minute. Oh, did you you think your parents saw you as their ally, like something cannot happen to you because what will happen to us? You know, I wonder because I was it. I did everything. Maybe because I
1: did it all. I mean, like Sandy Mm -hmm. said, I was writing mortgage checks at nine years old. Oh, my God. What did I know about balancing checkbooks or or get a piece of paper from the bank and say, what does it say? And now it's, it's on me. And as yeah. this little kid, I would look at them like, I don't like, okay. And, and before you know it, we were translating and that was legal because that's she all felt. we had. But, you know, my, I laugh now with my sister because they say, you know, you're the one that broke the wall. And my brother and my sister just went right through it <laughs> because I had this brick wall that I had to just keep pushing. <laughs> I'm glad that they got to do that, but I've always yeah. wondered like, okay, yeah, if I would have had a different way of looking at things, would I have been the student that went on to trips or to do something different? I don't know.
0: Maybe different birth order. You never thought of like that. You're absolutely right. So it's birth order then or whoever the parents trust, but the parents tend to trust the daughters and it's going to be the first daughter. And in them, they place all the burden of their well-being with you because if something happens to you, one, they've already developed the trust. They may not trust the other siblings. And two, they also place their, their personal trust, like who's going to take care of me the way that I want to be taken care of.
2: Wow. Yeah. That's like you're an apprentice. It's like you're an apprentice and you're tra- being trained to take care right, of yeah. everything. I never really thought about it that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so they're very cautious. If something were to happen to you, what would happen to them? And that's too scary because they've already felt like, oh, okay, I'm going to be okay now. I finally made it. I have someone else who can read the papers, who can write the checks. Yeah, they never had to worry about that, ever. And I'm sure was sadly the same thing.
1: I am the family 411.
0: Do you ever consider if you had met when you were 15, 16, when everything was more like, oh my gosh, there's no one like me. Do you think the same amazing kind of sisterhood uh, friendship would have been the same? You know, it's funny because I think we've had this conversation. Um, we've done the
1: parallel story. So at 15, mm. I met my husband. And at oh. 15, she was going to France. Two different. Oh, oh yeah. Two different opposites. Yeah, she was an exchange. Yeah. Team, complete opposite. But we realize is like, you will eventually connect with with who you're supposed to connect with. Um, But to answer your question, I think we would. Maybe I wouldn't have gotten married, you know, because she had a different way of thinking. For me, it was, you're going to stay home. It was never even thought of that I would go away out of the house unless I was going to get married. It it was that frame of mind, right? So for me to go overseas, to go um, explore and learn a different language, it was just to Go visit cousins and aunts in Spain. She had a different, you know, mindset.
0: Same age, but totally different paths. Is that from the cultural heritage? Is that parenting of of your parents? Or is that just personalities or a little of both? We're feminists in
2: my family. The whole thing of getting married, you're not even here until you get married, that was not a thing for me. My family was no, no way. Like that's not gonna happen. And for a more traditional family, most definitely. Yes.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. So you were adopting the parental influence. I had that yeah. same influence. Yeah. Me, I wasn't allowed to go out and yeah, be alone, looked, exactly. even in my 30s.
2: Yes. My, my family was education, 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 education. That was it. Like, there's no option.
1: Yeah. My dad said education. Right. He wanted me to be educated. He wanted me to, to go and do the big things, but he didn't want me to explore too much outside. Like it wasn't even an idea. T- I would have never thought in a wild dream that I would go to a foreign country on my oh. own. That was not going to happen. So for me, the education component came after I got married. It's like, OK, then I went really hard on, OK, I need to do something. And it wasn't so much because that's what was instilled in me, but it was more because now I had a little human that was looking for me. And so I am like, I got to hurry up and get my education. So that's when I went full force. But by then, th- th- I wasn't going to be able to go to a foreign country to learn a different language or, you know, be a, a exchange student. I was now had responsibility. So, yes, it was a very different frame of mind. I like to say I took the scenic route. And as we're developing these, these trips, I said we have a very specific mission for the women. For us, it's also, we've met a lot of our friends that haven't traveled outside of the States because they don't know where to even begin. And being that Sandy and I have our background with what we've done and the fact that we will figure it out. We may not know everything, but we will figure it out and yeah. that we can bounce off of each other. Wherever I'm short, she'll come in and vice versa. Is that we want to be able to put these trips together where women can go and have a transformational journey. I don't like to call us as tourists. We're all travelers. We're all on a journey at different stages, but nonetheless, we're traveling. And when we travel, we experience. And if we can just have an opportunity to remove the many hats that we all wear, Mm -hmm. just to be you, that in itself is transformational. And so we're putting together, we're creating things that we know that we enjoy that we wanna share with other women is how we put our, our packages together. They're very detailed, they're very specific, um, but we always know that the core of it is that each of those trips is gonna be able to sponsor a young Latina to go and have that experience at a much younger age, 40 years you know, younger than what I did. To me, it's very fulfilling and it serves my passion, my purpose. And I know Sandy feels the same way. And, you
2: know, the thing about the women trips is that through our voyage, through womanhood, Anna and I have bonded with other women. We used to work out together in a group of women. They were Latina women. And, you know, we used to go work out. Not so much because we wanted to work out. But it was that Saturday coffee <laughs> we used to have, or we used to talk, and hey, girl. And then somebody will, you know, bust down crying because her husband was cheating on them. And I'm like, girl, it's going to be okay. The bonding and the being able to release whatever you have inside you because you can't share with your sisters and you can't share with your mom or your comadre, whatever the reason is. Sometimes you just mm-hmm. need some type of bonding with women outside of your circle. And for someone to say, mm-hmm. girl, we hear you. I was through the same thing. I know what exactly how that feels. And it has some kind of validation that what you're feeling in this moment in your life is okay. This is about you. We're mothers, wives, daughters, sisters, bosses. We have so many roles, but when you really think about it, when do you really get a time to take care of yourself?
0: It's rare. No one stops yeah, and says, Yeah, are you feeling?" No, right? You know, let uh, me do that so you don't have to. Exactly, exactly. So exactly. Well, our <laughs>
2: trips are going to be not hop on, hop off the bus. You know, try to get it eight things in one day. Check it off the list. We want to make sure that we see things that are going to be important, life changing, transformational. Immersed inside the culture, talk to the neighbors, talk to the people. Just feel. And it really does help me put things into perspective that, my life is not that bad.
0: You're talking about different groups of women. Some are in their teens. You're wanting to sponsor the Latinas to go sooner than later because you can really expand and take these life skills that they're learning at a really young age Mm -hmm. um, to a bigger place if you have that kind of exposure. And then you're talking about women who have maybe already had families and are finally able to be free and take off. How do you see those different experiences in joining your travel groups? Or are they different?
1: I think they're going to be different, but there's going to be a lot of similarities. Because like me, when I see my daughter, when I think the 18-year-old Anna, how was she? How would you talk to her? And my message is very different now because I didn't have someone that I could look up to that could tell me, it's going to be okay, you're going to get through, you're going you're gonna to go on to become whatever you decide to become. Just because of what you're going through at this moment does not define the rest of your life. I wish someone would have said that.
0: So within this group that's traveling all together, the young Latinas have mentors, supporters in the women joining in the travel group. And the women, then, what should they expect in the travel group? We
1: have the older
0: women that,
1: you know, sometimes there's just that imposter syndrome Yeah, that they hold on to and yeah. they doubt. Every, I always say, everybody needs a Sandy. Everybody yeah. needs a Sandy, <laughs> <no> matter <what. laughs> Be
0: careful, <laughs> Sandy. <laughs> 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 I'm an imposter syndrome girl, We're all showing up for Thanksgiving, right? We're all going to be at Thanksgiving, (laughs) you
1: know, but that's the thing is like, and Sandy will say, you know, she's like, I have imposter syndrome too, but when she's Mm. feeling it, then I'm there to tell her like, no, no, no. You know, what I want to just make sure is that they all have impact, that they all feel that they're of value, that their life has meaning. It doesn't matter where you're starting. And so it's never too late. That's the message. It's not too late. Take off your hat, the million hats that you wear for just a moment in time and experience who you are. How many titles can we hold? We have a lot, right? But when you take off that hat and then you think about, oh, Dana, you can't do that when you're surrounded by doing all the other things you have to do. You have to do it in a place where it's quiet and that you can just really, Take everything off and just be you in your own comfortable sin. So that's the message for both. That's why I don't think that there's a big of difference. It's just in how we deliver it. We're building our own table. And this is what Two Peacocks Travel is. There's no room at that table. We're going to build our own table.
0: Mm, okay. Okay. I feel like we have three utopias. And that first one is easy and hard because in one regard, you know exactly what to do. You go to second grade, third grade, 10th grade. You just do do, do, and, yeah, there's a lot to learn along the way, but you know where you're supposed to go. And in the second one, you know, when you're coming into that adulting and you're crafting, okay, what is my life going to look like, even if that life you thought you were going to have. Like uh, me and Sandy gets (laughs) totally, (laughs) (laughs) you still like learning, 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 but you know, it's, it's on your own terms, but it's still within a parameter of I'm taking care of my parents. I'm taking care of my children. I'm doing my career. And it's still in this sense of this is where you have to be. And yes, you could bring your personality that you are finally embracing forward into that have to be world. But it's only in the third utopia when you move away from having to be anything for family and there are no parameters. There is nothing saying you have to be anywhere. Yep. And the joy of women to see that you have this to offer them a place to go be them. Yes. The freedom to Be them without anybody related (laughs) or anybody they may know Mm -hmm. saying, what are you doing? Why are you acting like that? Why do you have to be that way? Right? Oh, that, that's exciting. That is really exciting for, for having to wait a lifetime to go do that. Mm -hmm. And then being told at the same time when you're 15 or 16, this is what you should always be doing. Yeah. Yeah, You should always be able to be, Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's take a minute just to remind our listeners and for the new listeners to let you know what we typically do. We're going to have all the information mentioned here on the episode of how to contact our guest and their website and their social media. So in this case, Two Peacocks Travel, all this information will be linked in our show notes on whatever streaming platform you use to listen to this podcast and also, they will be on our website at thelinks.com. That's L-N-X-X. And there you'll also find the transcript of this episode, as well as the article that we provide to really consolidate what Two Peacocks Travel is all about and who Sandy and Anna are and the importance of having a travel company specifically for Latinas and all women of color that this is where to immerse yourself in your culture rather than just being another tourist in that country. So just wanted to put that in there. It's beautiful that you are providing this opportunity for the young Latina women to just like, you know what, let's, let's go renew hope, renew faith, immerse yourself in a culture mm-hmm. um, that has that same core of a heartbeat when we, we love people, we want to take care of people, we enjoy living life large. Let's yes. listen to music, let's make the food, let's just break into dancing in a public place. If they are in a place where that happens, they are renewed, renewed again in the life that can be and that they need to tap into because they don't know. If they were born here, they don't know it's in their blood. Yeah. But they need to see it living out loud in a culture.
2: We're straddling, right? We're straddling on these two cultures. We're American, right? You know, we're in Latin America. I love the food, but I i love my cheeseburgers. It's hard. It's hard to juggle. <laughs> Go to Mexico, or like you're American. You could tell. You come to the United States, you're like, okay, where are you from? Because you're not, you know, Caucasian. You know, you're not filling in the norm, I guess, of what American is. So we're struggling identity every single day. But it's okay to be you, because as we see, Bad Bunny is telling everybody that, you know, you wish you were (laughs) Latino so you can have some sassong. But for me, I I love the fact that now being Latino is definitely more accepted. When we were growing up, being Latino was not something that people were trying to tell the world. I mean, it's not that we could hide it. Anna, she couldn't take her food to school because she was going to be ostracized. She was going to be talked about because she was taking, mm-hmm. you know, yuca or, you know, platanos or whatever. Her Tripe. Her, Did you take tripe? tripe I took it. Right? Her <laughs> I to love school. my tripe. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> so
1: no, now, not that food we ate at home.
2: <laughs> yeah, and now it's definitely more acceptable. You know, I see somebody yeah. walking with the shirt true. that's proud to be Salby. and I'm like, damn, it's proud to be right? Salby. I love the fact that now it's so yeah. open. You can be yourself. Yeah. And if you don't like it, then don't listen to bad money. That's it. That's, that's yeah. the cutoff right there. You know, I, I love it. And, yeah. and this generation is definitely more free to be who they want to be and yep. be successful at the same time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot more accessibility and opportunity and an increase in the population for sure. That's why in the podcast, you really emphasize for all the first gen, second gen, you know, have come for hundreds of years that they keep the culture. Okay. You may not understand why you personally would be living the culture. Like, taking your foods to lunch or you know, doing certain yeah. traditions or whatever it and it may not resonate with you in a comfort level for whatever age you're at but if there's some aspect of you that you're living the culture out loud and recognizably think about the comfort you're providing for another first generation person coming and they can that's, say oh my gosh i can relate to you I I understand like there's something from my home. There's something from home that makes me feel good that you're here and to embrace that culture.
1: I always took care of everything. There's a problem, Anna takes care of it to this day. And I've been doing that since I was little. And to see that I sound somebody else that does the same thing, I'm like, Wow, there's another person just like me. But what I'm realizing in first uh, gen collectively, yes. the more of the stories I hear, I'm like, oh, there's more of me. Like there's it's not just me. Like we have these responsibilities and our next generation does not.
2: We travel together. Our families are very close. Her, her daughter, my son are very oh. close in age. Every party um, we've done a lot of self development together. Yes. We've done workouts together. We've grown together. You know, I want to say that the people that we were when we met are not the same women we are today.
1: Like yeah. she because her mom lives with her. My mom lives with me. It's having ver- various generations in one household, as you can imagine. Yeah. It's not always the easiest things, you know, to get up and go to dinner, to get up to go to vacation. Yeah. You have to plan these things. And guess who does that? We do.
2: Yes. And my grandmother actually lived here also with me until she passed away. So I was responsible for two generations. My grandmother, my mother, and my son. So I had three at one point. So, but you know, it comes to the territory, right? where we're like, oh, but well, that's normal. Okay. Like <laughs> <Is there> any- <laughs> How the hell do you do it? Right? Yeah. Oh, I don't know, but she makes it happen. That's, that's, that's it, you know? And I told my son a story. So at one point I used to live in, in UCLA, my mom lived in East LA. My grandmother lived in West LA, And my grandmother would call me and say, the need remote no sirve. Can you come over? the remote control doesn't work. I have to get in my car and dry. <laughs> so I had to take her remote control in a way where she wouldn't touch the other buttons because it was just that. And my son's like, "You would go." like, absolutely." But these are the responsibilities of our first gen, right? Like we have to do these things because they look to us. And of course, it comes with all the factors of I've given up so much. I left my home. I'm here, I provided. I could not leave my home, which is the United States, go live in a foreign country. Well, I can't say I couldn't do it. I, I'm sure I figured it out because I figure everything else yeah. out. But the, it comes with it, right? How hard yeah. it is. The transition would be, you know, very, very hard. So, yes, I am very sympathetic to all that. Uh, My role in my life and my career has always been to help people anywhere.
0: This is more than a friendship, really. Your relationship validates all you've gone through as first-gen Latinas and continue to do as you become mothers and grandmothers. That's a powerful cultural presence for generations.
1: Absolutely. We have to say thank you to you for providing this platform because we've never had or we've never seen Mm -hmm. where you can actually describe and and people understand what we're talking about. Right. So even though my dad, you know, I think he did the simulation to kind of protect us because back when he came, it was frowned upon really bad. So Spanish was at home. English was at school. But I appreciate What they did. My parents came here for a better life. And so for me, I am determined to show them your sacrifice was not in vain. But now, how do we pass it over to the next generation, like what you were saying right now? My children to understand, you know, I have to this day, and and one of the things that I want to do for them is I have one of my dad's first pay stubs
0: where he was
1: making a dollar, I want to say a dollar 92 an hour. If that doesn't show them the sacrifice and, you know, yeah. because we're different, but I, I appreciate what they taught us. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, I can laugh now that I, I ate, you know, ham and cheese sandwiches for eight years and a tang juice and Fritos because I wouldn't eat anything else at school. Right. Oh. But now for my kids to know that they can eat whatever they want, whenever they want and the beauty that they have, both the Spanish and the Mexican, you know, I'm on the look for someone that has the same background because I've never met. But it's being able to intertwine both things. And like Sandy said, you know, you go to Mexico, you're American. You go to Spain, they're like, you're Mexican. I go to to Mexico and they're like, you're you're American. I'm like, so what am I? So for you to provide this platform to be able to say, like, you are who you are and the freedom to just speak and not be criticized or, you know, frowned upon. So thank you. That oh. this is a huge, huge effort on your part to be able to give the voice and, and spread the voice. And so we, we really do appreciate that.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you. I really I'm grateful for that because sometimes I sit there and I I doubt myself, just like any anything else yeah. we do, especially Don't as worry, women. Call
1: us. <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> I think my husband is gonna block your numbers from my phone. <laughs> <laughs> he knows. He knows i'll just tell you i am like you both i am like sandy in that i just say hey we're gonna go do this and my husband's like how it's like i don't know i'll figure out when we get there let's just yes! go but then i'm also like Anna, where it's like okay this is how it's done da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da. and if we do that that means this happens and then when we prepare yeah. for it i just really hope that Women want to share their story, and yes. I just wanted to provide not only the platform for it to be heard, but to feel validated. Validated yeah. that yes, what you thought you went through, yes, you did. Yes, you did, and it was that hard, yeah. and yes. it was that wicked, and you are beautiful, and you are and the you goddess, and yeah, and and you can know that it takes this lifetime of really trying to understand. Not only your own personality, but all the ancients that are pulsing within you, oh, yeah. and, and then trying to capture the culture that was disconnected by coming here to the U.S. All of it—it's—it's it's huge, and it's a lifelong learning. Definitely, and having again the opportunity to travel <laughs> with you two to a place what that might light that fire up again, if it was ever put on hold or just. Add the gasoline now while it's firing fully for the young Latinos. Yes. It, it, that's so exciting. That's so exciting. Absolutely. So how would people find how to join you on these trips? Well,
1: we're on social media. Um, we're on Instagram. It's at two peacocks travel, but it's two underscore peacocks underscore travel. Uh, we also have our website, um, ww.twopeacocks travel.com.
2: Well, on Instagram, we have a link to our link tree and it has the links to our upcoming trips, the one to Spain, the one to Cuba, um, and then some other stuff that's coming up. You know, we're thinking about Quinn together, also a blog of our travels and the so People can be up to
1: date on what's happening. We're yeah. all part of the We All Grow Amiga
0: networks. Yes. Oh, that's, that's true. How I,
1: that's how I found
0: you. That We All Grow. I have a shout out for, yes. for that. And Ana Flores it's like, oh, my Lord, for understanding the power of connectivity. Huge power. And I think about, like, how many other women that we
1: can Mm. all be in the same circle and understand each other. We're speaking the same language. We we can validate each other. So it's really important, platforms like this. So, Consuelo, big shout out to you. Consuelo, you're awesome. Yes, because you're putting into action. We can talk about it. (laughs) No, no. Well, you you know, that's one thing. That's what we talk about. We can do a lot of talking, but we have to do massive action. And you're doing that.
0: Yes. Oh, thank you. I get emotional. Yeah, I do want to cry. But that's okay. That's because it's coming from your heart. It's not not easy. It's just something that if you use your brain, everything about what I'm doing right now with the podcast and the time of everything going on in my life, the brain would say you cannot do this. Wait until X Y Z happens. You have to have this. You have to have that, and I and just teaching that to again the Latino women. Like it's never going to be the perfect time. It's never. You just have to do what comes from your soul. Just jump, like you Mm too. You have to do what comes from your soul because your brain. We have been trained for the brain to talk us out of it. Oh yes, Uh, with all the fear that we have been raised in. The brain is like, warning, 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 rather than, yeah, Washing. rather than, oh, the soul saying, oh, I want to go travel by myself. And the brain's like, oh, oh, this is how we're going to do it. You know, instead, we've been raised in yeah. an environment where it says no, it's dangerous. No, you can't. So when you are having doubts, yeah. you just have to call us. Just call us. Seriously, this is where the, the phone number is going to flash across the bottom of the screen on the podcast. one like <laughs> <1-8-8-8. Yeah. laughs> Let's get into the uh, cafecito places. We love our small businesses. We love our Latino small businesses and we love our cafecito. So we focus on giving a shout out to our favorite cafecito places, regardless of where it is. So we like to give a shout out. We include them in our show notes, in our in our website. Does anyone Mm -hmm. have a favorite cafecito place?
1: Well, you know, you said anywhere in the world. When you go somewhere, the first thing you is where do we have cafecito? And so one of the things that we were doing in Córdoba is Sandy and I would leave. Everybody would stay home and we'd go to the corner and there was Bar Miguelito. And you would sit down and you have your cafecito every Mm -hmm. afternoon. That's what we did. Having cafecito is one thing, right? But when then you're having it at a whole other level of a different country and you're just people watching that's a whole other ball game. Um, but you know to to really want to give shout out to someone who's local here, Sandy and I we normally we we'll do our work from anywhere. So we went to Cafe Soñe and it's in Huntington Beach, right Sandy? Huntington yes. Beach. Um, And she's also from We All Grow Amigas. We found her on there and it's this really cute coffee shop. The setup, I love it because you don't expect it. We were walking around looking for like your regular storefront. It's like a little garage that they opened up, but they made the home into a storefront. And so you have, and it's like nostalgia. You go back into time because they have all these records the old school records from 1960, 1950, oh 1970, gosh. and you can just browse through there. And they make um, their coffee. It's, um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, comes from Oaxaca, and all their syrups are homemade. So we sat there and we did business there. We were chit chatting with what? with the owner, and we were meeting other people. So Café Sonia in Huntington Beach for us was, you know, th- th- our recent find. That is, it's a great gem that we definitely will be going back.
0: Oh, that sounds amazing. Amazing. Oh, the ladies. Oh my Lord. What a blessing to really get to know you as real people, individual, true to yourselves, women and your journeys and the journeys of your families. Cause that is so important mm-hmm. to understanding each other, understanding how we all got here. And, and like you say, Anna and, and Sandy, honoring The struggles that our parents went through, giving up everything they know to come here and doing right by that, but doing it with joy and adding that joy into the next generation. So thank you very, very much. Congratulations on all of your life, especially this new endeavor together. What a beautiful blessing to have that friendship. You couldn't have planned this younger in your life to know that you would have met someone that would be your sister and that you were going to do this amazing adventure that you have as a business. Like that is everybody's hope and joy, but oh, so proud of you. So thank you very much for being on the podcast. Thank you for sharing both your stories and your expression of joy to embrace the young generation and give them that platform to explore the world. Thank you,
1: Cozuelo. It, it was an honor. Thank you. Thank you, Consuelo. That was such a pleasure. We look forward to seeing you soon. Yeah, we have to meet at some point
0: in person. Oh, I am, I am trying to figure out how I'm going to be in Southern California sooner than later. Let me tell Yay! you. <laughs> Step into your truth, ladies. Ciao. Really appreciate the time you take to rate and review the podcast. Get the backstory and what you've heard here today and reach out to us at thelinks.com. That's L-N-X-X. Because it's about time, it's about us. Stay in the groove on our social media at LifeLinks and get ready to make your move, ladies. Viva!